Hello? Hey, did I did I actually do it? Okay, I'm not too tech savvy. <laughs> well, we'll get to your shortcomings in a little bit, Chris. <laughs> I hope you have plenty of time for that. <laughs> do you, do you hear me okay? that? Yeah, yeah, everything's coming in clear. I'm uh, just waiting for uh, <clears throat> Adam to uh, log in, so he should be in, in a second. Okay. Um, my wife told me I should definitely tell you to cut me off if you need to. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I made it. I oh. made it. Oh, I made God. it for Chris. I made it for Chris, not for not for you, Bob Rose. Hi, Chris. Hey, Adam. How you How doing? You doing? Good, I'm good. doing okay. okay. Nice. Thanks for coming. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. No, this is going This is exciting. I'm excited to hear you. So, I have, you know, like a lot of other addicts out there. Well, like every addict, uh, I have a story. Yeah, Chris, um, you know, greatly appreciate uh, you coming on. So, uh, in just a couple of seconds, we'll get into your story. Sure. But uh, for our audience sake here, uh, Adam, this is episode 17 or 18? Um. You know I suck at math, but I, I was counting. I think it's 17. Right, I think it's episode 17. Um, 18, so, 18, 18, 18. This is 18? Lucky number 18? Yeah, 18. All right. Um, so <laughs> Season we have, one. Uh, Season uh, one, 18. <laughs> okay. We have a guest uh, tonight, uh, Chris. He'll, he'll introduce himself and share a the story that, you know, he's comfortable in sharing. Um, and, we, we you know, uh, we thought that. I mean, Chris, you have a compelling story, I believe, in what I know Thank of you. it and know of you. Uh, so definitely want to kind of, you know, you know, hear that. But uh, for everyone out there, this is the podcast for the addict and the counselor. My name is Barbaros, the counselor. Why do you do that? I don't like when you do this. I'm Adam. I'm the I'm the addict. Chris, oh, I heard you. Chris, I heard you're in Florida. I am. I am. You know, and, I'm uh, in Florida, too, right? Yes, Barbaros told me. So where I'm at, um, for anybody that's from back home in the New England area, they, you know, I'm in Central Florida. It's not really all that glamorous. It's kind of like uh, Route 28 in Salem, New Hampshire, but with palm trees. Oh. <laughs> that doesn't so, sound attractive. That doesn't sound attractive at all to me. And I know, I know, and I, I really wish I was closer to the beach. I'm not much of an amusement park guy, but uh, I do yeah. a show closer to the beach. Chris, five. I have two beaches within five <laughs> minutes walking distance. I oh god, I would love. I mean, I really, I would really, really love to at least someday have something close to the beach with uh, you know a tent at least with these going these prices. <laughs> yeah, in the real estate market right now. Chris, I. I- I'm at the beach so much, I call it my office. I love, I love it. And, it, and your feet in the sand, that uh, grounding is a term for that. It's, it's good for all kinds of healing. Right. So I've, I'm, I don't know. I, I heard a friend say that. I looked into it. I'm kind of big into that because you always feel better, like, overall after a day at the beach. For sure. <laughs> for sure. sure. Um. So yeah, so uh, Chris is our you know guest, um, and Chris and I are from Methuen. Uh, we played football together. 
Uh, boo, boo. Ranger, Ranger. Ranger. Roll Tide, Roll Tide, Roll Tide over here. <laughs> is that what Everett is? Yeah, Crimson Tide. Oh, even worse. I hate them even more now. Roll yeah, Tide. Also because they were always awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Everett was always a powerhouse. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when Adam and I were kind of talking about kind of our, our last, you know, our guest list about, you know, who should we kind of invite in? I it's a short in- list. It's a short list, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, a lot of people aren't as forward as you are and I am, Adam. You know, a lot of people sure. kind of want to, you know, but I kind of feel like yeah. that the more people talk about it and, you know, get the word out there and well hey i know him you know if he's comfortable talking about it then why can't i be i've had so many people inbox me just because i'm vocal about it yeah and you know hey thank you and that keeps me going a lot of that keeps me going you know it's funny too because you know the the occasional cravings like will come i don't you know i'm working i'll be 10 years in january that's awesome. uh, I'm in the Hall of Fame of drinking for all of you listening. Yep. Um, I was so good at drinking, I had to quit <laughs> at a young age. But I am in the Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I am up for sponsorships for those like O'Doul's, uh, Bud Zero, Heineken, anybody out there listening? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but at any rate, yeah. So more people talk about it, I think the better. And yep. I've always had a big mouth. So. <laughs> um yeah so i mean again you know when we were adam and i were talking about it and, and i thought of you as one of the first people i want to kind of bring on because you know you know we're we're from methuen but you know we're not right. really that close our, our friend circles have overlapped i mean we're one year yep. apart in school but yep. i really appreciated you know from the you know the worker side of it right I, i've been doing this for 21 right. years just like hearing like your vulnerability and your honesty like on Facebook where you know you know yeah. with friends and yep and how serious which some of which you know, is embarrassing were. afterwards but you know <laughs> but I feel like I feel like I've had I don't know it's helped it embarrasses me to to show certain sides of yeah. myself but if nobody else is gonna do it I'm, I might as well everyone mm. always hasn't you know I've always been a goofball so I don't know uh, and, yeah but, like I, I think one of the, the, the in addition to that, Chris is I I think you have really done an awesome job in terms of you know recovery across all boards. Uh, I mean, you also talk about your mental health struggles in addition yes. to your substance use struggles, yes. and like how both of those things really impact. Yeah, one you. one leads directly to the other if if you don't if you don't know, and that's that's a big issue in our country right now, is that. You know, well, one great thing is that we're, we're focused more so than ever on supporting those in recovery. Like if you're going to get if you're going to be recovering from something, now's the time to do it. Now's the time society is, is really supporting you more than ever, which mm-hmm. we still need to do more of. But what we really need to do in this country is uh, realize that um, a lot of these addictions are stemming from undiagnosed mental health issues and why are they undiagnosed because there's a huge stigma nobody wants to be labeled a bipolar yeah, yeah. You know, people yeah. look at me different you know like <laughs> you go pick up certain meds at the at the pharmacy they look at you a little different they, they <laughs> give them to you pretty quick they also give them to you very quickly <laughs> <laughs> just leave, leave please. Get the fuck out. Go, go. Yeah. oh shoot 
this guy, you know. But um, anyway, yeah, there's there's just a we got a lot of a lot of room to grow. But I just think that like if you're if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're thinking about getting into recovery, well, if you're thinking about it, then you already know you need to be. Um, you know, you, you got to be honest with the person in the mirror. But you know, if now now's the time because if this was the '80s or even mm. the '90s or even you know. Yeah. It's the last 10 years, 10 to 15 years has been, you know, the the easiest time to come out. And I got to tell you, from experience, everybody loves a comeback story. Yeah. Everybody. You know what yeah. I mean? And the worst, the worst of an addict, the worse you were, the, the further down into the gutter, into the sewer you were, and then to make it back, it, the, the better people lo- like it. They eat that yeah. stuff up. Yeah. Really not to have my trucker's mouth come out. Anything goes here. Yeah, you can we're, say we're, okay. we're, you've we're listened for a mature to, audience, Chris. If you, listen, if you listen to episodes, you know we say yeah, whatever. Yes, fuck I want. know. I just, I didn't know if, well, yeah, that's true. Actually. Bob Rose is, is a little more conservative, I think, than I am, but that's yes. fine. Yeah. That's what, yeah. You know something? And, Bob Ross is right. We, we, you know, we were on the same team and we grew up with a lot of the same friends. Our friends overlapped and everything. I didn't realize how, how um, much of a um, know, warrior for the cause uh, Bob Ross was yeah. until, you know, a few years back. And mm. um, I just, I just love it. Cause you yeah. know, he, he's never felt like what addiction does and to, you know, usually that motivates some of the best counselors are the ones that, you know, are in our position, Adam. And right. to have somebody have this much heart and it towards us have felt the the wrath is right. something else. And, yeah. you know. Pretty admirable, uh, actually. It is. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, That's a good word for it. Let's uh, let's get into your story. Let's get into your your share. Yeah, right. So I, yeah. I, 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 want, I want to just, like, pause for one second, Chris. Obviously, sure. <laughs> you have a wife, you have kids, you have a business, you have family. This yep. obviously is a platform that is going to reach to those people, but also other people. So, to be honest, Bob Ross, my my, I had to close the doors on our trucking company last year due to the fuel prices, uh, and um, I'm in the in the middle of like I don't know what I'm <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do next. But that makes it you know what this is better for the listening audience. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I say that because obviously, you know, we invited you here. You accepted. Yes. So your story obviously is impactful. And so we want you to be comfortable and share what you're comfortable in sharing. Yeah, and sure. That you're not comfortable in sharing. It's you don't have to go there. You know, we'll ask questions and everything. But like this is about you uh, and just kind of opening up and just, again, sh- you know, sharing your journey. And, you know, people will grab a hold of pieces of it and ideally get to the end stage where you are now. And, right. you know, successful. So, you know, that's, you know, where we're, you know, the game, you know, the, the aim is today. Quotations successful. <laughs> so, um, yeah, sure. So my name's uh, Christopher Michael Ross. I am from Methuen, Massachusetts. I'm 43 years old. Um, I'm one of five, five kids. I'm the baby of five kids from a Irish Catholic um, fighting family. <laughs> Now, uh, neither one of my parents had any type of addiction issues other than my mom with cigarettes. Uh, she came from a 
disastrous uh, background uh, of abuse and um, deadbeat dad, uh, all, both alcoholics, brother alcoholic, uh, uncle alcoholic, and my dad's side, pretty much the same. Um, now, I'm one of five. Uh, from number three down, uh, well, first is a girl and then four boys and number three down. So the first two don't have any addiction issues uh, and then three down. I'm number five. We, we do. Um, hmm. which is kind of amazing because my mother, we only saw my mother ever drink because she didn't want to do what her parents did. So she had a drink around holidays once in a while at the, like in the summer by a pool or something. Uh, my dad has never smoked a cigarette, never smoked a joint, never done a drug in his life ever. Hmm. Um, the only thing he's ever had is, um, Manischewitz, uh, church wine at church. Um, big into health. Um, you know, my parents were pretty, pretty strict up growing at a very, very stable, uh, home life. Um, my older brothers started, you know, socially drinking and everything. And I looked up to them and it was, it was cool. So that, you know, we, you know, we, it kind of snowballed and then, you know, push forward to like, I'm in late twenties, early thirties. It started getting a, a hold on me and uh when it did what it you know it took me i always say it took me 10 times i don't know exactly how many but it was at least 10 times to to quit and um i couldn't i couldn't quit for myself and um my wife i should i should say um my wife slipped into alcoholism with me and um that was that was tough because she, and she won't mind me saying this, but for, you know what, actually for a long time, when I got sober, uh, nobody knew my wife was the reason why I got sober. I couldn't get sober those nine times for myself, but every time my wife would get sober and then we would get sober together. And then if I failed first, she mm -hmm. always would fail and would both be drinking again. And, um, I was very, I was a extremely, um, what are they, how do they call that? Um, I was a very regimented alcoholic. It was the exact same amount at the exact same time, the exact same day, ever like. Very rigid. Yes. Re yes. Yes. And um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it. I always had Visine because I, by the time, I'm a very disciplined person, or at least I like to think I am. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I take pride in myself in, in my, in my appearance anyway, cause when you're short and bald, you really got to take care of yourself to kind of make other shortcomings, so to speak. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, at any rate, I've just always had a lot of pride in myself. Um, you know, much as Bobros did, there weren't, there weren't too many other folks on the football team that went 110% every single play like I did. Bob Ross always did. Yeah. Um, and we were about the same size, same build, which was cool, too, because we were in a lot of the same <clears throat> whatever. I'm getting off track. Yeah. None, nonetheless, uh, so it took I it it took its toll. It got a hold of me, and then 10 times worth of trying, and one night, uh, it, the catalyst was uh my wife ended up uh, flatlining 
and we were in like from an accidental overdose uh, from uh, lorazepam. It, I shouldn't say accidental. Her father had committed suicide via gunshot wound um, a year prior, mm. that, like like that like that night, and she had slipped in. We had you know been trying. We had been trying before he had you know did this and it took that was something that took us by surprise and uh we we stared at him you know his his lifeless body his eyes were still open it wasn't a messy thing um i should get that out there but at any rate uh traumatic obviously yeah that 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 will do a number on you in fact actually that day i got a call i was working for budweiser um i want to say i was 21 days sober and i got a call I was on the dock delivering 300 cases to one of our biggest customers on, on route one. And, uh, I got a call that my father-in-law shot himself in the head and he was, he was, he was gone. And, uh, mm-hmm. that was, that was tough. That was tough. So, um, <clears throat> we ended up, we, uh, we were struggling that whole year. We were struggling. And, um, my mom who had my mom and dad who had this big, huge house now that had all these kids in it and, uh, told us to come back home to their house mm. and uh, which we did and if anybody was gonna get somebody uh, help when they were ill or you know needed to get sober would be my mother she's a tough tough cookie um, so we went back home there but this one particular this one particular night uh, we were supposed to go to North Conway which is in the White Mountains and I went to pick my wife up at work and she was hammered. Like absolutely hammered, and it's not like you like you just drank all these nips in the ten minutes since you've been waiting for me to come from the house to here to pick you up. Mm-hmm. We're gonna leave her vehicle there, go to the White Mountains. We started arguing. She said, "Turn around, bring me back." I brought her back. She uh, didn't want to go home, uh, so she went and rented herself a hotel room and uh, a bottle of vodka and a bunch of Advan. Later, mm-hmm. um, I, I ended up getting a phone call that my wife was, you know, dead and then brought back. And, uh, I ended up coming home. I came home from the mountains to my parents' house. My brother and his wife kept my kids up there. And I was so mad at her that I didn't even want to talk to her. Um, she was in the hospital, but I knew her mother was with her. Her mother's a retired RN. And, uh, I got, so I went, I started getting sober at my house. Uh, and you know, it, I, because now she's going to die if I don't get sober, because if I, cause she, if I'm going to drink, she's going to drink. So yeah. Chris, uh, did, did you feel that weight? Did you feel that guilt? Like, yeah, you're a part of that kind of her. Yes. Because I introduced her to nips, mm. uh, which, um, for those of you that don't know, are the little plastic bottles of alcohol, um, usually, you know, depending, different, varying in, 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 um, uh, potency, alcohol potency, um, proof. Yeah. Uh, yes. And you know, that, that kind of weighed on me, but she was laid off from a, from our job that we really needed because we had in our mid twenties, we've been married for, we've been married for 21 years this November. Uh, and we started off, out, out and running real quick. Bought our first house at 22. Like, mm. been you know go getters, right along, and um, 
you know, this, 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 it punched us in the face. Like we, she was very successful in the medical field. And at this point she was going to nursing school and she got laid off because they knew she was going to nursing school and some other lady who had been there half the amount of time as her wasn't. Mm. And they said that you have a, a husband to support you exact words. Uh, so wow. that, and we had just gotten approved for a house after bouncing back from a bankruptcy in the, in the housing crisis in the mid two thousands. Yeah. In our mid twenties. Wow. But, uh, so at any rate, so, she's she falls the, into, so, she's the, so she's in the hospital and yeah, I'm at you're my trying, mom and dad's house. trying to sober up. Is that what you're? Yeah. She's, yeah. she's in the hospital now. Flat had flatlined. Right. right? And now they're going to keep her in the hospital for, you know, probably 72 hours. And she's going to get to her mom and dad's. Well, now just her mom's house. Uh, And I'm sobering up at my mother's house. And now, mind you, I've always had, I don't know how else to explain it, but a very like Rocky Balboa mindset when I, when I have to accomplish anything, it's like, doesn't, doesn't matter what now. I'm just going to do it. So at this point in time, the the person that I love the most in this world, um, which she's still the most beautiful woman in the world to me, like I still get butterflies. It's crazy. Um, she's going to die if I don't if I don't sober up because I need to sober up to support her to sober up. I didn't give a crap about me. I wanted. I couldn't be. I, I need. I can't be part of the reason. Like I can't. I can't want my wife to live and not support the cause. Yeah. So I, that's, like, I mean, that's you kept, yeah, that's like kept you me. Saw the root sober. cause of it all, right? I mean, I mean, you, yeah. like you made some sense of like, wait a second here. Like if I'm yeah, yeah. in, she drinks, if she drinks, yeah. I drink. Now, if she's drinking, she's ODing, right? From alcohol and concoction. And, and yeah, yeah. And the, and the very drugs, the lorazepam that the doctors were, giving her to help her get off of alcohol. Yeah. You see what I mean? Which that is something I could go into. So at this time, I didn't know. So I didn't know at this time that every uh, pharmacy and every hospital carries beer and and alcohol. Okay. There's a reason for that Mm. because alcohol is the only drug that can actually kill you from quitting cold Turkey. Well, this this cocky tough guy didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that until, until like a long time later. And I was like, wow, that was really close. Cause I was shaking like a leaf on a tree. I was sweating. Then I was freezing. I had um, two sweatshirts on sweatpants on. And I had a winter hat on and a blanket and I was jogging in my parents' living room the same way I used to tr- when I was trying to cut weight at 15 for wrestling, mm. think, thinking that I was going to sweat this thing out. Yeah. Um, that was not the case. Well, I knew what was coming because every Monday morning by this point, because uh, I would quit drinking on, um, on Sunday at 3 p.m. and start the Pedialyte Gatorade mm. uh, milk, um, you know, routine. But interesting. Uh, yeah. So how long was she in the hospital? So how long did she end up staying in the hospital? Not, not long. Not long. Like, like three days. But then she went back to her, her mother's house. We stayed apart for like 
five or six days. I think that's a longer. Actually, no, I shouldn't say that because she did have a, a relapse just before we came to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had to, ha- I had to section her through the courts, mm-hmm. which was not cool. Had I known that sh- they that they were going to put my four foot ten, hundred pound wife, um, in shackles in a friggin paddy wagon for 11 hours on the way to watsi in western yeah. mass yeah uh i don't know if i would have done it and yeah. thank god i didn't know that because if i hadn't done it she'd be dead and should tell you because she relapsed after three and a half years she's got so i'm coming up on 10 years and i always say this to her and this keeps her sober because it anno- it aggravates her she fell off the wagon for about 90 days in those yeah. 90 days i had her sectioned to save her life and um yeah, so when I hit 10 years, every every anniversary, and I can't remember if it's somewhere between the 15th and the 18th of January. Uh, so she always brings up, yeah, but I should. that's what I should have, too. I said, Lisa, you have 10 years minus 90 days. Yeah. You know what I mean? I said, so, yeah. so in 90 days from yeah. now, you're going to have 10 years. But yeah. then, you know, there's a little bit of competitiveness there with her, too. She's a tough little. Yeah. Uh, um, I actually, I actually, <laughs> she's a tough little Italian girl. I almost, <laughs> almost said, I almost said some, something that, you know. Uh, so, so how was, so how was it like, you know, trying to get sober separately, right? So she's at her. Uh, well, only separately for like four or five days and okay. i was right. i didn't want to see her I, I was mad at her she didn't even know i was getting getting sober but um you know what's fun you know what i got you know i almost didn't want to tell this story just so i didn't look like i was crazy but two days before this uh i was i woke up and now this is to the level i was at this point i woke up it was like a thursday morning because friday morning we were going up to the mountains so at this point i was I was working at Budweiser, but I had switched over to the sales side. I had a Budweiser like minivan and I was waking up in the morning and having to take a couple shots of straight vodka just to stop my hands from shaking. And that was not sitting well with me because that's a scumbag thing to do before to go, go to work in my mind. But I yeah. also can't call out and I can't. So I always had this this alcohol um, lozenge new breath that you could buy at certain liquor stores like Cappies and stuff like that, or social clubs, kind of expensive, tastes like crap. will take a hundred shots of vodka off your breath. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I swear. So yeah. I didn't have it this morning and I was running into a CVS to uh, pick up halls. Now I have, I'm feeling guilty. I feel like, like I shouldn't even, be praying to God for help at this point because I'm. This is like I need to be embarrassed. Uh, I'm. Sh- I'm feeling shameful. Well, I'm in. I doused myself in cologne because I'm very, very self-aware. I'm. I'm like pressing my lips together, chewing gum. I got the whole and I'm even covering the halls with, in my fists so nobody can see it, just in case they were to smell something. And this, this woman, who reminded me so much of my mother, and just had this presence about her tapped me on the shoulder and she said son have you been drinking this morning and the way she said it and looked at me well it was i looked at her and i said yes ma'am and she said you're gonna you're gonna go you're gonna 
go out to your vehicle, you're going to call your boss and you're going to tell your boss, and I'm getting chills. You're going to tell your boss that you're not coming in today. You understand me? And I looked at her. I said, yes, ma'am. I had never seen her before. So we're at this point, we're like right outside the CVS and it's a huge wide open parking lot and it's early in the morning. So there's like two or three cars and they're all over kind of like where I'm parked. And she says this and she's, I will. And then I turned around, I took two steps towards my car, which was now still 25 yards in front of me. And I turn around to tell her that I'm sorry. I don't know why I wanted, I just wanted to tell her I was sorry. I didn't even know this woman. I turned around, she was gone, totally gone, thin air, gone. Wow. Divine. And the way she was walking was a wide open parking lot, wide open parking lot that she could not have, she would have, she vanished. And I, I got in the vehicle and I called my boss and said I wasn't coming in. And I went home and there were two more days of drinking. Well, that, that day I couldn't, I couldn't quit yet but um i will never forget that i don't know if it was a guardian angel or or what um but i will never ever forget it i turned around and as soon as i turned around she was gone all the hairs on the back of my neck stood up as they are now and as they do every time i tell that story but well well, thanks for sharing thanks for sharing that story but yeah shook like a leaf on a tree but guess where I was working while I was trying to get sober? I didn't take a day off either. Didn't go to rehab. Didn't didn't have any, no lorazepam, no nothing. Um, and all I was doing was literally drinking, drinking water and trying to sweat it out every day. My hands shook like a leaf on a tree. But I was working at Budweiser. I had switched back over. Um, actually, I'm, yeah, I'd switched back over right after I got sober uh, because there was too much freedom. As a salesman, nobody like I I could sit home and drink all day if as long as I because the salesman moved like snails and I was a truck driver, deliver guy, uh, delivery guy moved like a million miles an hour. I could get my merchandising done and go drink at the house, <laughs> you know. So, hey, I, hey, Chris, I want to just j- jump in here for a second. Sure, thank you. Um, so like you you mentioned that, and I think that, you know some of our audience and people that I think we know. Um, and Adam obviously has been very honest about his, you know, treatment episodes at that point. Like, did you know there was alcohol like detox where you could go in and do these kinds of stuff? Like, what was your mentality about sweating it out at home and like risking your life versus going to like a facility and getting like treated? Well, to be honest, um, it wasn't being going into a facility would have hurt me more mentally. I think uh, doing it on my own, cold turkey, uh, it was just something that went like that idea went hand in hand with my personality. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, I didn't know the dangers in it. And I do not suggest that to to anybody else. Mm. Um, however, I will I will say that I also do not suggest um, because back to the lorazepam, that's a godsend. But like you need to get off of it as soon as you uh, are done detoxing in my opinion, because what ends up happening is, um, you know, a year later, you're like, wait a second, now I'm addicted to this thing. And when you go to quit that thing, it feels the same way. 
Yeah. I was sober for 90 days before a doc before I put myself in front of a doctor. Mm. And the doctor was like, wait, what'd you do? Yeah. You need to be on this. And then I was on that, you know, and, you know, it, it, it's needed for a lot of, a lot of people, but you don't really want to trade one addiction for the other. So like yeah. you do need certain medications to come to not to safely, you know, start recovering, but you, you'd want to try to not like lean on one. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah, uh, yeah it was, that was crazy. So I, so then now, now we're a year past my father-in-law um, committing suicide. And so we're 10, a year and 10 months past my father-in-law committing suicide. And my daughter found my brother-in-law, my sister's brother. There was four of them. Now there's two. Uh, he, he overdosed. My oldest daughter found him, saved his life uh, by getting help. And while the, it was Halloween night in 14, and then he came actually like they got him, brought him totally back. Um, and he got out of the hospital the next morning, found the same person that gave him the good stuff. And this time nobody was home to see him. And we got to pull the plug on him like 72 hours later just oh, before wow. his 35th birthday. So a nephew, right? That no, that was my my wife's brother. A wife's brother. Oh wow. Yeah, so there was mom, dad, sister, brother. Now it's just mom and sister. Because one a, a year and 10 months apart they passed away, one by suicide and the other one by overdose. It really kind of seemed like it was a suicide because it just did this to him the night before. Mm. But he was a tortured soul with um, mental health uh, issues. Handsome kid, jacked. Girls loved him. Mm. Um, very smart and everything, but was tortured by mental health issues. Because, I mean, we got to remember, it's just the mental health awareness is, movement is just coming around now. Those of us that grew up in the 80s and 90s, you know, we were, they didn't catch this stuff, you know? Yeah. Which is something I'm going to get into because, um, so now, now fast forward, I'm, I'm sober for a little bit. I can't remember exactly how long, uh, and I get, I'm going to get diagnosed for ADHD. Um, and come to find out I had this, this doctor, he diagnosed me with ADHD, OCD, and, uh, dyslexia. Chris, so, can I ask you a question? Yeah. So do you think you had more than a year, a year sober at this point when you're going yeah, to get that? So. Yeah, yeah, actually. So just looking for a day, day. I about 18 months sober. And okay. then he started and this doctor said, well, and you said you're an alcoholic. I said, yeah. And then he, I went through a battery of tests and everything. Cool. And the guy said to me, which I thought was kind of funny. He said, with the level of ADHD that you have, he was like, it's amazing. You in uh, OCD and dyslexia and stuff like that, uh, he said, it's amazing that you made it out of high school, let alone got a associate's degree. You're still married. At the time, I was married for like, I don't know, 13 or 14 years. You're married for that amount of time, and you've been with the same company for like 10 years. And he was like, he basically told me that all of those things led to my alcoholism. And then yeah. I started in my head going, going back because... Mm. Uh, you know, I, eight, for, 
stats show something crazy like 75% of kids with ADHD become adults with addictions. Not necessarily like, you know, the, the ones that'll uh, potentially kill you in one try, but like at least cigarettes or coffee or, you have, know what I mean? I have to say, Chris, I'm so sick because when you started to say the doctor told you, you know, it's amazing. And then I thought he was going to say, it's so amazing that with the level of ADHD you have, that you haven't started smoking crack. That's what my thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. I no, swear, that's, that's how sick I am. Like, that's where I, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm surprised he didn't use, you yeah. know, I thought he was going to say that. You know, and it's funny. It's funny because so like people say to my wife all the time uh, and uh, God bless you. And I used to think it was funny, but now it's like, wait a second, maybe there is something to that, huh. <laughs> yeah. you know, but um, well, I'm a, I'm a lot to handle. But anyway, so now now this doctor's prescribing me ADHD medication. Now, yeah. I know Adderall. Okay. So, but at the same time, I will never, 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 never let something else get a hold of me again. Uh, so I was as careful as I was being, you know, er everything's going good until guess what? Doc didn't know that this guy also has bipolar mania. And then when you add Adderall to mm -hmm. bipolar mania, that's like adding gas to a fire, man. Yeah. And, and so uh, tell me about, can you tell us about your, your behavior when that, you know, when you started yeah, taking stop. alcohol? So at this point, at this point, I just been laid off from Budweiser right after I, um, got that house I was trying to get, uh, you know, built back from a bankruptcy. I ended up buying another house, a little bit more modest this time. And, um, three months later I get, I get laid off and, I'm still sober and you know, people text me, don't, don't drink, don't drink. I'm like, what? what? Uh, <laughs> you know, don't doubt me. That bothers me when people yeah. doubt me. Like it bothers me when people won't drink in front of me. It's like, dude, what do you think I am? Mm -hmm. you yeah. Know? yeah. God. I mean, don't get me wrong. I miss, I miss drinking. Uh, and oh, I could go for a tall glass of vodka and a marble 100 right now or any day. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, so they put, you know, put me on Adderall and stuff, and it was like gas on a fire. I ended up in a facility. Even though I, I passed a psych test, they came in. My own friends from the police department came because, uh, I mean, I, I have been in a few scuffles. Uh, none, none with, <laughs> you know, I do. I am kind of fiery. Um, the police chief, <laughs> The police chief called one of my best friends. And said, can you, um, you and this guy, another one of my friends, go and get Ross at his house. Uh, we don't know what he's going to do. He's going to go to yeah. the psych ward. And they both said no. They said, um, you don't understand. He won't care that I have a badge. He'll hit me too. And, <laughs> yeah. So, oh um, but I didn't. I was like, what? I was ashamed. I went there, passed the psych eval, yeah. came back home. The uh, doc put out another one for me. I went back, passed it again, and they still kept me. And uh, that did more damage to me than anything. But I had a, I still stayed sober, uh, but I had been running on empty. So I like literally slept for, for six days. I didn't know what was happening to me. I didn't know that I had bipolar mm -hmm. at this time. And then I so had a, get, so did, sat so a round did, table. Yeah. 
I sat at a round table with like 10 people around it and they told me what I had. And I was like, okay, okay. And this woman, very smugly, this doctor, I said, I'm leaving. This is, you can't keep me any longer than this. You've already extended the time. You can't do anything else without a court order or something like that. I knew my crap. <laughs> and, uh, they, cause I used to be, um, a counselor for, um, kids at a residential, uh, and at a timeout for at the school. So I have a counseling side too. Mm. So, this woman smugly told me that no, I would be institutionalized at least five to six, maybe 10 times and to expect it because I have, you know, the level of bipolar I got. Yeah. So that won't happen because what did I do? I went home and I studied, I don't know, for a year straight on bipolar and how to beat it. Come to find out you can't actually beat it. (laughs) (laughs) You're not smarter, Chris. Come on. No, no. Nope, but you can be aware of um, your body. If you have bipolar, especially if you have bipolar mania, your body's gonna, you're, there's gonna, there's gonna be warning signs, and <clears throat> that's what I do now. I look for patterns. Mm. So my whole life is looking for patterns, you know, Chris, and trying to be on the least amount of medication as possible. Can I ask you a question, Chris? Yeah. Has it been time? Has it been times where? You're in a manic episode, and you you don't you don't see the t- you don't see the signs, and someone has to point it out to you. Yes, but yeah. um, that's so that that's my alter ego, the beast. Yeah. Um, and the sometimes, so there's a fine line because with there's superpowers with ADHD. You should look it up. The superpowers of ADHD. Um, there's there's good parts of having bipolar mania. I've built two businesses from the ground up in a very short period of time with mania, but you walk a fine line. Now I have tried, uh, I don't know. There's been times if you ever, Barbara, so if you ever see me post, I'm letting the beast out of the cage. That means I'm about to, um, well, exactly let that, let the mania uh, take over for a little bit. So are you on Instagram, Chris? Are you on Instagram, Chris? No, no, uh, I'm not. I just do, I just do uh, Facebook and um, stupid TikTok videos that I send back and forth. But I try, like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not real tech savvy. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a ride, man. And you know, that's see, that's the other thing I was open about. I showed Facebook videos of me you know, going through mania and yeah. saying, look, this is it. This is what, this is what it looks like. Wow. You know? But when I'm manic, when I'm manic, I don't need sleep. I'm stronger than usual. Yeah. Uh, my mind is sharp as a tack. Yeah. Um, I can like, I can do math quicker in my head. I can, um, I can draw logistics, blueprints, shit like that. If something I want to build and, uh, and like, I'll know I have it, but then I have, um, you know, I have medicine that the doctor gives me to, you know, shut it down. Right. So that's so, it's scary. Right. I've no, tried to use, put it this way. I've tried to use it to my advantage and I've yeah. been burned. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll, if I'm real manic, I'll go get a hotel room for a few days until I can feel myself calming down because any emotion, even mm-hmm. happy like laughing too much can set it off. Yeah. Um, being mad. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, but, um, it's never, it's never, I've never, I've never, uh, questioned. Actually, there was only one time I almost drank almost, 
uh, it was before I had gotten my, my wife had fallen off the wagon. It was before I'd gotten, uh, I tried to section her and the, and the judge looked at me and I was manic actually. And he thought I was on drugs. I wasn't, I was yeah. manic. Um, and I was trying to save my wife and he said no. And then like three weeks went la- later, it went by and, oh God, it's just, I've been, I've been through the ringer, but, uh, the, the, I've, that one time, I, like I failed trying to get her in there and I was like, what am I going to do? I pulled up to a, a liquor store, uh, that I used to, that I was delivering or used to deliver to. And they opened up at nine o'clock and I was like, fuck it. Excuse my language. I was like, screw it. I'm just going to do it. And, um, they didn't, they were late that day. Mm. They were, yeah they were late that day and uh by like five or seven minutes and those five or seven minutes like they should have been open at 9 a.m and yeah. usually business owners will get there 10 minutes early you know open the door the sliding <laughs> thing halfway you know what i mean yeah. well they were five yeah. or seven minutes late and i started thinking about my mother and how proud she was that of how i've i had quit yeah. and it had been x amount of years it was three and a half years in that's the only only time yeah. wow so so like bring so like bring it to to today what what do you do to manage you know or you know what do you do for your recovery and and mental health to you know oh, stick mental right? health is a constant so the mental health part is the what I'm doing for my recovery yeah. you know what i mean so again like looking for patterns um you know i do self a lot of self care like yeah. Uh, mind, body, spirit. Anytime you're down, you're down. And, and, you know, and it doesn't, I happen to be Catholic, but just whatever yeah. your religion may be, you got to practice it. You know, my, you, mind, body, spirit. It, th- th- that's the three things that we're made up of. So if you're out there and you're trying to recover, you got to work your mind, exercise your mind by mm-hmm. like reading something that's, that's useful <laughs> for you. Um, exercise, you know, your body, lots of water, sweat it out. You know, yeah. obviously, little by little, under with doctor's permission and stuff like that, and you exercise your spirit by whether you, you know, you you go to your place of worship, you you pray, and yeah. you know, you got to have all three of those glasses. Obviously, every one of those like categories can be broken down into multiple different categories, but that's what it comes down to: those three things: yeah. mind, body, spirit. Yeah. So that's what I try to do when I feel like I'm slipping. I do self care Sundays to start off. I'll I'll go to mass in the morning i try to get uh like i'll try to do a 5k um and then you know a good nap a good meal uh stuff like that start the week off right but uh constantly constant you gotta be honest with the person in the mirror and that's the hardest thing for people to do you know this person this doctor smugly told me that i had bipolar and and that i was going to be institutionalized many times and i told her no i didn't and then i went home and i started uh, I started researching, but before I researched, I was like, no matter what you see, you know, you, you're going to have to be real. Yeah. So as soon as, if you can be real, if you can be real, so any type of recovery from anything, you got to be real with the person right. in the mirror. If you're not real with the person in the mirror, you're, you're screwed. Right. Yeah, it's never, it, never, um, it never ceases to amaze me. Like how, how similar, like where, like so many people ha- that are in recovery, you know, work different types of programs, but, but yeah. really it all, it always comes down. Everyone, just about everyone. It's mind, body, spirit. 
Yeah, my and one other thing you guys are going to think this is funny. Okay. You, you guys are going to love this. So the first nine times I quit drinking, the only thing that was the same, and I tried it because I like to analyze crap. And especially if it's me, I don't, uh, I hate, not that I'm a perfectionist, but I don't like, I just like working on stuff that I'm weak at. So I'm looking back at the nine times. What did I, what, what did I do every single time that was the same and it's just not working? Well, I said I was done drinking forever. I'm done. I'm never drinking again. Well, this time I said, I'm done drinking until I retire and the kids are out of the house and like, like, you know, retirement age, mid sixties. Well, you get something out. And then I, I will. So I always say this and this, maybe this little joke or whatever keeps me going. And at least for the first few years, I was dead serious, but I say I'm done drinking until I retire. And then it's on like Donkey Kong, <laughs> but with a big, butt. but I promised myself to reevaluate just before I retire. Yeah. Yeah. Now I joke all the time that I'm, I'm retiring tomorrow after I say. Can we help you? Can we help you keep that promise to reassess? <laughs> oh, you know, no, no, I'm absolutely going to because right. I made like I try to be a man of my word. That's why to be, we've had terrible cell service. That we had a storm come through here, and yeah. I know Barbaros was counting on me at nine o'clock. And for two and a half hours, I I was a nervous wreck because I've been driving around trying to. Get, I'm sitting in a mall parking lot right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Because yeah, I gave him my word, and what do you know? Yeah. It's today that this storm comes through, and I had no cell service for for twelve to fourteen hours. How, My how God. convenient, right? But uh, in terms of success wise, I know you guys you guys said that uh, I I'm su- successful in the terms that like I I didn't I didn't didn't screw up my family. I didn't die. Um, but I'm still I don't see myself as a success. I mean, I'm not I haven't drank in a long time. But and I've taken on some crazy, I've been you know some crazy adventures, moved my family thirteen hundred miles away right after my wife got out of um, the second rehab after relapse in two thousand seven. Well, relapse was late sixteen into early seventeen. Picked my family up afterwards, moved down here to start over, and that was the greatest thing. Don't be afraid to pick up and move. You know, start over. I changed my phone number. And it was it, like when I got down here and because I wanted to concentrate. So like you got to sometimes you got to block everybody else out and just go balls to the wall towards your goal, whether it be getting, you know, recovery or, or putting your family in a in a different position, like state wise. So you can you know, there was a lot of heartache up there. Yeah. You know, in, in our in my memory bank and in my wife's memory. bank, yeah. We, yeah. You know, you come to Florida and there's an average of 350 days a year of sunshine and that's really good for your mental health that's the other thing you gotta like mental health wise you if you're if you're an addict you're running most of the time you're running from something yeah you know for me it was adhd you know sometimes it could be as simple as like in your recovery you know hit up a tanning bed in the middle in the middle of the winter a couple times a week i know that's not great but that little that little vitamin D that you get and the little tan that you get in the mirror helps you. Yeah. Go get a haircut, buy a new pair of sneakers. You know? Yeah. Do a, you know, hit hit the gym, go for a walk, you know, go to church. Yeah. Right. Self-care. Yeah. Hey, but, so we're, we're we're about about to wrap up. Is there is is there any other tips you have for the audience? Um, <laughs> all along, which is great. 
Well, tips, I would say just ne- just never never give up. Um, where there's a will, there's a way. If you can look up, you can get up, you know? Uh, and everybody loves a comeback story. And if there was ever a time in this country where we're, we're the most supportive of folks, recoveries, you know, addicts in recovery, it, it, it's now. Like, you have the most services out there. You got the most... Um, the most support, you yeah. know, and any of you can look me up on Facebook. I'm out of Leesburg, Florida, formerly uh, Methuen, Mass. It, uh, yeah. It's Chris Ross. Hit me up. Yeah. Hit me up in the inbox. Uh, I have a rule that I don't tell anybody. My wife will say, who are you talking to? Just some woman that hit me up uh, that wanted to talk about trying to quit drinking. Okay. Do I know her? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. Mm-hmm. You know, same same rules apply as as AA. The other thing is too, AA isn't for everybody, but it's yep. really really good for those that are just starting to get into recovery. And you know, you don't have to be in it forever, but it's really 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 good in the first thirty days, bare minimum. Mm. Great. What's your? I'm gonna. I want to look you up on TikTok because I do have TikTok. I don't have Facebook. So. <laughs> oh, oh, you do? Yes. Yeah. I have a. I think I'm on TikTok. I'm. I don't know. I've probably done a couple stupid things, or is that YouTube? I thought you said you're on TikTok and you said I, I am. Videos. I am, but I don't. He's do 43 like... years old, Adam. He should not. What do you mean? TikTok. You you know what I'm doing? I'm 43 too. What are you saying about me? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm a pretty. I so like I'm 43, but I my technology level is that of an elderly guy. So like, uh, my kids tease me. I was a nervous wreck because <laughs> I I pissed off my wife earlier about something and she wasn't helping me technology wise when Bob Ross was texting me and, and we're getting down on the wire. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, I really appreciate you guys having me on here and uh, I love what you guys do. Um, and like I said, anybody out there that would like to hit me up, um, no judgment. I don't care how many times you've failed. I've, you know, I've failed many, many times, you know, I'm, I'm here. So, yeah, so uh, what we can do, you know, Chris, is if anyone from the audience is looking for kind of guidance and help and, and they reference you, you know, we can put them in contact with you. And yes, absolutely. And, yeah. yeah, and I, I have a little outside-of-the-box thinking, too, like that, like I just said about the I'm done until retirement. That little light at the end of the tunnel sometimes I think keeps me sober. Yeah. yeah. And it's outside-of-the-box yeah. thinking. It, it, but, you know, so I like to well, share we- that. Well, we appreciate you, Chris Rock, Ross. We appreciate well, you. you. I really, I really appreciate being on here. I was, I, at first, I'll say this real quick. At first, I didn't realize how very, like, legit this thing was. I thought this was something Bob Ross was doing with just Facebook friends. And then I realized that it's, like, on Spotify and stuff like that. I got so nervous. <laughs> I really didn't want to screw it up to you guys. You so. did great. You did no great. No way. No way. You you, you, you added to it 100%. Uh, yeah. I, I do want to say, Chris, just a few few things. Uh, we, we, we do the end of the segment with the five controversies. If you can hang. Yeah, sure. We, so we can, do, we can do that. And so, you know, changes of the flavor of uh, the podcast for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. It lightens the mood a little bit. Um, but I want to share this like funny story that I have of you that I'm, I don't know if you remember, but, uh, was that doing something stupid? No, this was, this was <laughs> in high school. I hope so. Okay. Yeah. So I was doing something stupid. Was I painted blue? <laughs> well, I'll get to it. Um, okay. 
So we're in high school. I, I you know, whatever. Some got, got awful. They, I, I, I was a senior. Chris was a junior. And Chris, without talking to anybody, goes to like the front desk office stuff and goes, I don't know. He probably tricked some kind of administrator and calls down like seven guys. Right. So roughly yeah, seven, seven guys. And I'm one of them. So I'm in the middle of class, just like, you know, doodling away or whatever. All of a sudden I hear uh, Chris Harrington and Barbara Stindler, please come to the front. De- I, I, I don't know if you were on the mic or whatever. I'm like, what in the fuck did Chris do? Why is he ratting everyone out? So uh, we, we go down there and Chris is forming because uh, our senior year, the men's basketball team had made to like, you know, the state yeah, tournament yeah, yeah. or whatever. And so Chris, all for himself, by himself, no conversation, got everyone together so that, that we can write the letters of our you know nickname, our school name on our chest so we can run out before the basketball team has it <laughs> announced. I was just like, Chris, tell somebody you're doing something. Yeah, I, I was pretty, I was kind of ballsy. Yeah. You know, a but, little bit. And, and I'm embarrassed at a lot of, you know, every time someone says, I remember you, and I I cringe because I've done a lot of cringy shit. <laughs> but uh, I I, I want to say that. I mean it, it was I mean but also like in all honesty like that thing really like formed right it, it, that thing was a beautiful thing. I mean you, your heart was in the right place and it came together beautifully and you know you were the the leader of doing something like that because it wasn't going to be me you know or any other senior guys. I mean you always kind of step up to the challenge. What's up? Well, thank you. So, um, thank you. Appreciate that. All right. So we're going to go into uh, five controversies. Chris is going to participate. Uh, I'm going to yell at Adam a few times. Uh, just okay. That's just the way it is. Um, so what am uh, I going to do? What am I going to do, Babers? Uh, just, I don't know, sit there and sulk. I don't know. Do, do what you do best. Complain. Uh, no, we'll start thank with you. Chris. Oh, then yep. we'll go to Adam. And then I- I'll, I'll bring up the rear here. So first one, uh, controversy, uh, PlayStation versus Xbox. Which kid were you, Chris? Uh, I was lifting weights. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't really play with. Um, I never have really. I I can't couldn't sit still long enough. <laughs> so this is going to be not acceptable. Your, your your answer there uh, is not I, acceptable. I think if I have pick, PlayStation is the one with the small controller. I have the hands of a, like an eight-year-old boy because i'm five foot nothing so i'd probably say playstation because i think xbox has that bigger you're controller. right yeah good takeaway chris absolutely yeah xbox uh controller was a uh, much larger than the playstation one yeah that's about how much i i know about that okay. stuff adam what about you what what, what what what's your go-to gaming xbox station? xbox of course xbox. okay yeah. it's more stylish too it like looks cooler um like when when you press the button, like you just yeah. have to hover over the power and it just goes on. I like the bigger remote. You got to figure, so in the past, so like think about Xbox in the past 20 some odd years and how much it's evolved and the people in it, you know, I I got married real young. I had a mortgage when I was 22. I wasn't playing video games. I was working a couple of jobs and, you know. I don't know. I, again, I still just I can't even play cards. Like forty fives, I don't know how to play. I can't sit still. <laughs> um, so I, I'm PlayStation. Um, the first PlayStation I got was PS2. Uh, 
I don't know. I I just like the graphics better on that. The Xbox was a little too geeky for me. Uh, <laughs> even if I were to decide today, you know, which I don't game, I don't I don't really have no fascination for it. I, I would get the like the PS5, the newer newest version over the newest version of Xbox. But I, I will say that I wish I knew. I I really do wish I because it looks like I don't know. Everybody I know plays video games, and I like my nieces and nephews, which I have a couple dozen. I can I'm lucky if I can turn the damn thing on. <laughs> All right. All right. So second one, um, Chris, are you a half zip kind of guy or a hoodie guy? Oh, that's a good question. I love myself a good hoodie, but if it's a work, if it like, if it's for my business and it has my business name on it, I want to, I, I'll go with the zip just because I can have the top of my polo collared shirt sticking out at the top and it still look fairly professional. But outside of work, yeah, it's weird. I think of shit like that, you know. But um, every little detail matters. Sure. That's the mania. At any rate, uh, hoodie outside of work. Hoodie outside of work. All right. Adam, what about you? I'm a hoodster. I'm a hoodster. I'll wear a hoodie any opportunity I get. I mean, I've I've worn a hoodie in 90-degree weather in Florida recently. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. This, this you know something? The other thing, the other thing is too with the hoodie. I wasn't done, Barbaros. Oh god. Um, the other thing with the hoodie is, I I can hide hide easily too. If I wanted to hide myself, yeah, I can. Just, I throw a hood on, you know. But I like a good hoodie when I'm um like right now I'm small, muscular wise, like muscle wise in my head. So I like a, a like a hoodie. So you can't see yeah. my puny biceps. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, like I, I like it to hide as well. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Bob Rose, you're up. Yeah, yeah. It's just I, I definitely do like both. I, I've swung both sides. I, I've got like a whole bunch of half zips, and then I go to like the, the hoodie world. Um, I don't know the the zipper, the even the half zip. Makes it look fancy. Uh, and, and it does. It I, does. I, it's good with both shoes. I, I want to be a fancy guy, so I'm, I'm going to go half zip. Yeah. You know, the, the shirt underneath, you can go t-shirt underneath. Yeah, You exactly. can go, uh, you know, a collared shirt underneath. So it looks, you know, professional. But yeah, like, exactly. I've been prepping my whole life up until the last couple of years. I started going with, with like, black and kind of like the, gre- the greaser style, and it turns my wife on. So, <laughs> so like, I'm, Thank I'm in, like, a black type of, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. I, I think this one's a give me. I'm, I'm not sure if we've done this before, Adam, but uh, I have here Thanksgiving versus Christmas. Ooh. Yeah, we have Ooh. done it before. I, I believe it was. Really, that's a really I, good one. Yeah. Oh, man. That was my favorite drinking day of the year. Ooh. I would start drinking. Um, re- I, I almost dropped a name, but I won't. Uh, I started drinking really early at the Dewey Club in Methuen at like 630 in the morning to like one o'clock in the afternoon. My dad would stop one after another of us brothers at the top of the stairs. Sometimes we got let in. Sometimes we were told to go home and sober up. Um, that was usually my brother, Jimmy. So that's a, but, but with kids and Christmas morning and stuff, at this point right now, I'm going to say Christmas because of my kids. But if I was drinking Thanksgiving. Mm. Nice. Adam? All right, so this is going to take a while, and we did this one before. I believe it was the first episode. 
I'm huge Christmas guy ever since I can remember. I at on the day after Halloween, November 1st, I send out a bunch of text messages to people saying Merry Christmas because that is the <laughs> okay. wait, wait, wait. Is the rewind, rewind 10 seconds. Was that, that is the on November 1st, I send out a bunch of text messages to people saying Merry Christmas because it now. The day after Halloween <laughs> signifies for me that it's the Christmas season. Right? This is hey, an right. entire season, and it starts for me November first, and for everyone that is close to me. So, you know when Christmas starts for me at the day I buy the last Christmas gift that for my kids. That's the day I can I can start listening to Christmas music. If, but so, if I if I cannot so if I hear joy Christmas song and I haven't gotten their list. Yeah. And like some years, you don't know where it, when where it's coming from, yeah. you know. Especially like first year starting the business down here. Like I didn't listen to Christmas music until Christmas Eve. So, so Chris, um, the, I'll I'll go searching for the station that has the Christmas music, like every day <laughs> yeah, starting yeah, on November. Yeah, 1st. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen to me. Every day starting on November first, I'm scrolling all the stations. To see which you know if is it on yet? Is it on yet? One hundred six point seven usually is pretty early, um, but there's another station too. I just can't remember what it is, and I'm sure on November first I'll figure yeah. out what the station is. Yeah. As soon as it is, it's twenty. You know, it's it, it's almost twenty. If I'm in my car at, on yeah. November first and past, I'm playing Christmas music, um, and. Christmas Eve is a lot bigger in my family than actual Christmas Day. Christmas Eve is we do like the set, you know, the seven yeah, fish yeah, yeah. Italian way, and you know all that stuff. And then oh, the Christmas, Christmas Day, yeah, Christmas Day is more of a rel relaxed, relaxed yeah, day. Yeah. Christmas Eve is a big to do. Um, and then I, then I'm saying Christmas ends for me usually January seventh. Because I believe that's the day, the Three Kings Day, where you can yep. take down your tree and stuff. So I, it's a long season for me, and I, I really embrace <laughs> it. That, that's great. I just have, I have anxiety about. So like, Christmas isn't going to happen unless I, unless I make it happen. Until yeah. you know, I, you know, until I know that my kids are going to. I know it shouldn't be that way, but it is. You know, sure, yeah. uh, but in, yeah. until I know Christmas is going to happen, I can't enjoy it. And my wife yeah. thinks I'm crazy because this has been ever since I had kids old enough to know what the hell was going on. I, I will. <laughs> when money was real tight when we were younger, I'd start worrying about in September. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So so for me, I mean, I, you know, in my household, you know, we didn't celebrate Christmas. You know, it was it was meant for you know, like non-Muslim people. Uh, yeah. I, actually, it was funny because I, I think I've shared this too. Um, I think about the long... you every Christmas, by the way. What's that? Bro? I think about you every, in your family every single Christmas because of of that. Because everybody, most everybody that you were around oh. growing up, you were of a different faith and how that must have been, you know, different well, so... and, and kind of difficult at times for your family. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, when I was definitely, like, younger, it, like, it kind of, like, hurt while everyone's getting, like, new stuff and, like, we're not getting new stuff. Right. That really hurt, but, like, my good friend, like, Mario, you, you know Mario. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so, like... Love Mario. He, yeah, he would do, like, the whole Christmas thing with his family in, like, the mornings, and he always, he would always call me in the afternoon. He's like, oh, do you want to come over? I'd go running. I mean, he lived the next <laughs> yeah. over. 
So I would run yeah. to his house, literally running to his yeah. house. Yeah. All the stuff that he got for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So I got the yeah. pseudo kind of celebrated. But like in our household, also, like my parents, you know, thought that Thanksgiving was also like a Christian holiday, whatever. After a while, I kind of like beat my mom down. I'm like, listen, lady, I'm going to buy <laughs> turkey and you're going to cook the same thing. And yeah. we'll an awesome meal. And she's yep. like, no, no, no. She resisted. And then she, you know, she did it in, like in my like teenage years. Yeah. Like even now between my wife and I, like we will always either buy the turkey or have Thanksgiving at our house. Right. Right. Like, you know, love and then plus the plus like all the football on Thanksgiving yep. Day. I mean, those two things are fantastic. Lots of food yeah. in football. Only yeah. way to- I, I've always appreciated um your level of dedication to your faith. And I and to be honest, I, I wish I wish more Christians would uh, have the level of dedication to our faith that um, Muslims do, or, or at least you do. Thank you, thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, you do, you do what you can, I think. And yep, yeah, you know. yep. Um, so next, next one here, kind of like piggybacking off of this like winter theme. Yep. Are you a sledding kind of guy or snow tubing? Oh boy, um, at this point. With all the oh god, I would love to do both right now. Uh, my body wouldn't let me, but I will say I am a I am a pull a bunch of kids around on a on a snow tube type yeah. of guy. But back in the day, it was sledding because snow tubes were expensive, and I'm one of five kids, so I didn't have snow tubes. So sledding. <laughs> all right, Adam. I like the tube and. I like the t- I've always liked the tubing better. And sometimes, like, you can get, like, you know, like, four people in a tube. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think same same concept for me, Chris. Like, we'd always, like, have sleds around yeah. only because they're plastic and they're super cheap. And I don't think yeah. my dad ever even bought one. I think we just, like, saw it as someone's, like, like garbage or something like that. And the, yeah. But, like... Once I had enough money, I'm just like I'm always getting a tube. Like I want that big yeah. rubbery thing. I yeah. want to inflate it. I I want to like I don't know for some in my dumb mind it was like sn- snow tubing is faster and it's oh yeah oh yeah you can get oh, more hurt. You know something I'm going after all the stuff that I couldn't have when I was a kid. I have three four wheelers right now, a golf cart, a Mustang, a couple kayaks, <laughs> and hopefully hopefully um hopefully a 1974 uh, CB360 Cafe Racer. Chris, why don't you with the audience? Why, my wife's not you're living in Dick Sporting Goods. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But you know something? If I wasn't sober, if, if I was still drinking, I wouldn't have any of that yeah. stuff. And now that's the fun stuff I'm doing because I'm not spending my money on booze. Yeah. You know, I'm not spending my, like, it's amazing how much money I spent killing myself. <laughs> like a lot. Yeah. Very true, very true. Um, last one. Uh, when you're out, uh, shopping, I, is it the last one? I think this is just the fourth one. No, it's fine. I can. I have it in front of me, Adam. This is number five. Whatever. Uh, PlayStation was number one. Half sip number two. Thanksgiving three. Sledding yep. snow tubing. We're at five. Yeah. Whatever. So particularly when you're at the pharmacy. Yeah. Are, are do you go after generic name every time stuff or brand name, Chris? Uh, I every time. So growing up in a house poor family, it was generic everything. Uh, and I am a dollar store sunglasses, generic brand any single time I can for me. 
if it's for me, it's generic. If it's for my kids or my wife, it's name brand. Interesting. Adam? Brand brand name. Yeah. That's okay. I've yeah. I've learned yeah. I, I'm loosening up a little bit on that, that stuff. <laughs> a little bit. Um I, I would say I'm g- generic name also. Like the whole concept of spending more money just because it has like Johnson Johnson on it. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. Is a band aid or a tissue, you know, whatever. Yep. Um I, I have to even in like my- toilet paper. Why are you gonna spend more money to wipe your ass? Yeah, so so Ugh. guys, 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 I, I wanna clarify. I'm sorry. Can we go back to me for a second? No, Love to. we already ruined it. No, Chris wants to, and he's our guest. So, so <laughs> thank you, Chris. So when I'm thinking pharmacy, I'm thinking like cold medicine and that type of, you know, stuff that I'm taking to, to feel better. Yeah. I go brand name. But if you're talking about like toilet paper and that shit, like, no, I'll go, I'll go generic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Medicine, yeah, my- medicine is brand name for me. Medicine is brand name. Other stuff like toilet paper, paper towels, and stuff that's generic. Yep. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you want to wipe your ass with something that costs more money? Right. Right. Who cares? It's right. going in the toilet in two seconds. Yeah. That's that's like literally throwing your money into the toilet, but only you got to wipe your ass with it first. <laughs> I'll show you money. I'm here all night. Yeah. Like I'm getting the real Mucinex. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Chris, that that was it. That was the episode. Uh, really appreciate you taking your time away from your wife, away from your kids, uh, yeah. sharing your story, sharing your hope uh, w- with our audience. I do want to let you know, no pressure at all. Episode's already over, but currently we're sitting at 988 total listens for our podcast. Oh, awesome! We're hoping that your story. Oh, this is live. Takes us over over a thousand. Oh wow, cool. Is that? Yeah, but that's gonna be the lowest you've had so far. If we get one listen in the next week, then yeah, you're, you're never coming back on. <laughs> oh, man. oh, that's great. Oh, well, I appreciate you guys. Thank yeah, you. thanks so much. Okay, what you guys do? You know, we do recover. Yeah. You know, you know sometimes we relapse and then recover again. What do we got to do? Just keep fighting. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. Thank you so much, Chris. Right. Thank you. Uh, keep doing some great work. Uh, lo- loves you know seeing the the family on, uh, on on Facebook and seeing you guys you know do, doing great work. So keep up the good job. Uh, appreciate you um, a lot. Thank you. Thank you guys. Good luck right. with the with the podcast. I really hopefully I'm not the lowest rated uh, <laughs> podcast. You guys. No, no. Barbarossa's story is the lowest rating. <laughs> I'll give you a money later for that setup. Thank All you. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you have a good night. And uh, do I get to, so I can go and like listen to this now? Uh, you, have, you have to give yeah. me a couple of minutes, but uh, definitely tomorrow you'll be able to listen to it on Spotify. Okay, cool. I don't know if I will, though. I don't know if I should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. I'll uh, see you. Bye, Barbara. Right. Thank you. Later. Bye. Bye.